it's something that's very inescapable. We can put it into as many words as we'd like to, but the reality that we have to participate in of raising souls to get to heaven can only be done best in the house. And guess what? Education, education, education. to the Catholic Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Paula Siskanik, and I am super excited today because I know that a lot of homeschooling families are really feeling very responsible for passing on the faith, and they want to do an excellent, beautiful job of that. They want to build a foundation for their family. Well, today we're going to talk about building a foundation for your own domestic church, teaching catechism and the mass with Legos. Yes, I said Legos. Today's guest is Kevin O'Neill. Kevin and Mary, his wife, the family has started Building Blocks of Faith series, and we're going to talk about that. Hello, Kevin. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so happy to hear, you know, I have seen the books. My kids have loved Legos. I have stepped on Legos in the middle of the night. So I think this is something every family here in the homeschooling community uh, knows very well and is going to be totally amazed at what your family has done and what a gift it is for homeschooling families. So without further ado, I'm going to do the bio. Let's get that out of the way quickly. Here we go. So um, Kevin and Mary O'Neill are the authors of the Building Blocks of Faith series, including A Pocket Guide to the Holy Rosary, Pocket Guide to the Sacramental Reconciliation, and Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, as well as new, the newest book, which is on the Holy Mass, right? And so uh, we're going to talk about all these books. Um, we had talked just in typical family life, right? I want to get everybody to know that Mary, <laughs> we're going to, at the bottom of this uh, video, we're going to the podcast. I'm going to put a lot of links because this is like a visual thing. And I want people to see all those videos, including the one that shows your entire family building the sets that built the books. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you again. So great. Let's get first started by talking about, because people may not know this, but you're a homeschooling family, right? So there are nine children. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Our ninth child will be here any day. Oh, yay. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, certainly. Keep us posted. So exciting. So please tell us, how did you start homeschooling? You know, I, I think that uh, it was not me. It was my wife from the very beginning. Honestly, I believe she was drawn to it because of, uh, of the beauty of it. She saw homeschooling families at that time. And when she looked at the landscape of education, uh, she chose to homeschool. She also, uh, you know, went to school and, and has her teaching degree in elementary education. And so it was a very simple transition. I mean, as a dad, uh, I know a lot of dads have opposed kind of at the beginning, they've given some sort of resistance, wait, we just need to do things mainstream and it'll all be fine. Uh, but uh, thanks be to God with her knowing that I thought, well, that teacher could do it or my wife who's a teacher could do it. And so uh, we, we homeschooled from the very beginning. 
That's awesome. I know one of the things that, you know, we have a lot in our community of former teachers, you know, because yeah, they weren't in many of the school situations able to actually teach in the way that's best for the children. So again, to have your wife being able to be one of those former teachers turned homeschool mom is really sweet. Um, I'd love to see her in our community, the Catholic homeschool community, because I think a lot of moms feel like, oh, I have to have these teaching credentials to be able to teach. And that's not necessarily true. In fact, I think a lot of the moms who were teachers were like, yeah, there are things that will <laughs> don't translate back to back, but it's so good to hear a dad that's supporting it. So um, let's yeah, dive you know, right really quickly there, you, just yeah. for anybody here, you don't really need credentials to go ahead and have a book, have worksheets to send home as homework at the end of the day and give a 20 minute lecture that every kid in the room zones out for anyway. What credentials do you really need for that? So certainly, you know, it's, it's putting in that effort. It all happens at home anyway. So when the homework comes home, it's the parents that have to work with them anyways. And then it just goes back and the, the teacher is the one with the filing cabinet. Well, now you have the filing cabinet as well. So that's really the only difference. Yeah. You know, one of the things I loved about your ministry is that you and your wife have really put it on your heart that you want to help families to become the domestic church. So how did that inspire, you know, what inspired you to do that? And, and how does homeschooling sort of fit into that? Well, I think uh, the domestic church, of course, begins with the father being the, the priest of the household. And we are to mirror Trinita the Trinity in, in many ways. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it's something that's very inescapable. We can put it into as many words as we'd like to, but the reality that we have to participate in of raising souls to get to heaven can only be done best in the house. And guess what? Education, education, education. So again, first, you know, the Baltimore Catechism says it perfectly and in the right order. What's the purpose of life? To know, love, and serve God. And it's in order for a reason because you can't love them if you don't know them. And you can't serve them if you don't love them. So you have to know, then love, and then serve. And that can be done best through the house, through the, through the domestic church. And there's no other way in the world that it can be done better. You know, we talked about just, you know, how homeschooling is a lifestyle. And, and I love how you said that, Kevin. It's really just starts foundationally from the home. You know, I before we hit the record button, we were getting some of those stories. And you told me really quite a powerful story about yourself and how your faith has grown through the years. And there was a pivotal moment. Maybe you can share that with us. Sure. Yeah. A lot of times people say, oh, what, how did you learn all this? Well, I, I learned it because back in 2008, we, uh, and really the reason the book exists is because of everything that happened. In 2008, I was on my way home uh, from a meeting at our office and there was just a slight dusting of snow on the ground. And it was about noon. There was no drinking from the other person. It was the other car's fault. But I got into a little head-on car accident and my right foot was on the brake. And so my right knee went into the dashboard and I ended up losing my job. Well, I have no college education. I have a high school diploma and a couple college credits. And I started a landscaping company. And uh, after I, once I could start walking again. We had just bought our house. We were scared to death and we were really relying on the Lord to figure everything out. And uh, 
and he did because even looking back hindsight's 2020 I still have no clue how it how it uh, unfolded the way it did well when I started my landscaping company I very quickly decided okay I'm, I'm done listening to music I've heard every song a, a thousand times and then uh, I started listening to Catholic audio and what I would do is I would take those lighthouse media CDs or any talk I could find on the internet and I didn't just listen to it once I would listen to it probably 40 times, same CD over and over. And then once I had the CD memorized, I would listen to it 10 more times. And so it does me no good to memorize music. We all have music, we all have songs memorized in our head and it does us no good, except maybe on the occasional karaoke night. But beyond that, even the words are there. And so, but, but being able to memorize the faith and, and then start understanding and locking things in uh, then in the in the winter, I would just start reading books, and I, I really had a good command of the faith and being able to present it and talk conversationally with people about it. Uh, so much so that people, even if I when I would give a talk here or there, they would come up and say, "You should write a book." And I always just no, uh, you should just read the books I've read. They're all out there. They're amazing. You need to. You know, go look at Jean Danilou or some of these others. Or, you know, everybody talks a big game about Bishop Fulton Sheen, but have you read his stuff and have you listened to his works? And and even he, you know, listen to him 20, 30 times, memorize him uh, because he brings philosophy, religion, history all in it like nobody else. It's like an early church father that is digitally recorded for us. And so uh, so that's really how it happened. And then. Uh, one day we had a, a terrible book come into our house through the Trojan horse method. It was called the Brick Bible. It's very much the same graphic novel format as our books, uh, but it's a, it's a New Testament and an Old Testament, and many families have this book in their home, and they don't realize it, but it is written by an, an atheist who is also transgender, and it is absolutely blasphemous, and it shows our, our God as a mean, vengeful, and completely uses things out of context, tells your children about circumcision out of context, talks to them. I mean, and, and here it is in this really harmless format. To, and so when, when we tossed that out, one day my son came up to me three, four weeks afterwards. And he said, you know, dad, can we just look at the pictures? And I said, no. And he, he, again, and he never comes up and asks me things twice. They, they know better. He said, Dad, I just really would like to see a few of those pictures again. I want to try to build this. And I looked at him. I said, I'll tell you what, we're going to write a book. And so the two things I never thought I would do, write a book and play with Legos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm living a lie. I, I'm not the biggest fan of, of, of Lego building. <laughs> but it, I saw it as a, an amazing tool to be able to evangelize. I saw how somebody was trying to counter evangelize my children. And I thought, no, I'm going to use this and we're, we're going to, we're going to teach typology and. Yeah. So, so I'd love to unpack that, you know, two things. One was I heard so strongly is that parents just, um, and, and I know a lot of our homeschool families know this sort of preaching to the choir, but increasingly our uh, publishing and many of the secular, even ones that claim they know that they're engaging our children's minds through these visual, very attractive means. And like, you just can't go to the library these days and just let your kids pick anything out these days. You really have to discern that. And so, but that, but 
I wanted to get into the, that using it as a teaching resource. So, um, so before we get, you know, if anybody doesn't know the building blocks of faith, uh, um, do you have a copy of it that maybe you can just show us? Um, we will show the video yep. too. Yeah. Open up some of those pages on the camera. Go ahead. Talk this, a little bit about them so people know what a graphic novel, what Legos, give us a little demo. <laughs> yeah, this is not a, uh, as you can see, this is not just a little 20 page picture book. This is a full graphic novel. Uh, Father John Hardin glossary definitions are in the back. And this particular one is our newest book put out by Sophia Institute Press. And it's called The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven. And this is our first book that we did. It's called The Catechism of the Seven Sacraments. And this has been acquired by Sophia Institute Press as well. And so you can either get it from them or you can get it from our website. But, uh, and we do have a promo yeah, code, but we'll say that later. Yeah, <laughs> yay, we're gonna do that. Yes, we love promo codes and things like that. And, and again, it's Sophia Press and we'll put all those links below this video. So be sure to visit those as well. Um, so those books look really engaging and you said they're not small. So I'm imagining your kids went to the library, they picked up that awful book, they're pouring over it. So it compelled you to now <laughs> do something. Sometimes God yeah, has yeah. a funny, right? He's like, That's yeah, right. I got a project for you. Nothing you ever dreamed of. <laughs> right? You know, as parents, when we try to teach and evangelize, especially homeschooling, we're, we're always pushing and th what's nice about this is you can do both with this. You can push this or you can throw it on the table and let it pull. And, uh, and one of the things people ask us too is, well, you know, how, how does it work? You know, is there a teacher's guide for it? And I, we very simply say, well, first off, they are working on one, but at the same time, this is the teacher's guide. It has, this is the teacher's guide for the catechism. And this is the teacher's guide for the Bible. And it has all of the catechism uh, citations as well as Bible verses right down here at the bottom. Both books have the imprimatur. And if I were to read some of the reviews that are out there on our books, people would say, don't break your arm. But I can, I can tell yes. you that the book is as good as it is because the entire thing is plagiarized straight from scripture. Straight from our, our beautiful I do faith. have a quote from Father Nathan Caswell, yes, and he said, I'm yeah. amazed at the theological depth of the text and the images, very compelling and instructive. This work will be an instrument of God to bring many souls to him. What an endorsement, Kevin. That's mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> and that's Father Nathan Caswell with the uh, Order of St. John Cantius. If, yes, uh, in Chicago. So many people, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing, amazing order there. Yep, yep. The canons regular is that that? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to their beautiful church there. If anybody's in that area, incredible stuff. So, um, but yes, yeah, so so solid, Catholic, compelling, which is again, that's what I'm saying. Building foundations of our faith with Legos. It's just like wow, what a natural, you know, blending. I always like to say, you know play is learning so do kids take uh, this to, you know i mean i know your family did it but do you find and you've had heard where people just take the pictures and try to copy them with their own legos <laughs> sets they do they try to there'll be people that try to make the the scenes or or build and and even before we came along you know there were plenty of of uh families their children would build mass sets and of course somebody 
out there uh, also makes a, a mass Lego set that you can buy. Mm -hmm. We do not make any of the Legos. We already have a very obsessive uh, work day in front of us as we do this. <laughs> so we can't take anything else on. Uh, wow. We build everything from the bottom of our bins. <laughs> That's so. awesome. So it is a truly a family project. Tell us a little bit about, because one of the things close to my heart and I share with families is that you mentioned your son who was really interested in Legos and he sort of like led this project. So how do a person's interest in projects actually end up being something that's that's kind of their life work? <laughs> yeah, it uh, it's such a God thing. I really can't put it into words other than the second the idea came along, we knew that we had to do it. I knew why I learned what I learned. And I remember uh, simply, I, I did know the faith very, very well. And I remember simply, you know, uh, talking to the good Lord and understanding that, you know what, knowledge is its own reward. So even if I go to the, go to the grave with this, knowledge is its own reward. And I have a landscaping company Adam was the gardener. Christ is the new Adam. Adam, uh, you know, Christ was mistaken as Adam at the resurrection by Mary Magdalene. And so if I'm just participating in as a gardener in life, then so be it. But then, you know, one day we knew what direction we needed to go. And all of a sudden, I we, we looked at our, our homeschooling family and we said, well, we have the talent to do this. You know, from the, the kids that know how to Photoshop, what my kids can do on the computer is incredible. I used to be okay with it, but then I started swapping out tires and, and playing mechanic for the last 10 years. And so computers left me in the dust. Uh, right. and, and we just, we had the talent to do it and the good Lord rolled out the path. Yeah. It's, it must be really fun to also see, uh, how your children, you know, thrive in all of that, like what their strengths are as they're doing it and how it must be like a lot of teamwork as well and experience and learning their temperaments, all of that. It is, there's a, uh, you know, from the, from the ground up, the little ones are closer to the floor where a lot of the Legos live. And yeah. so we will, <laughs> we will utilize their, uh, their height uh, to help with cleanup duties all the way up even to the fact that, you know, when Mary gets going uh, with, because she's very artistic, I'm the least talented at building the scenes. Uh, so my job in the builds are oftentimes organizing, finding, and then uh, when we're in full swing, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the chef, I'm the one cooking dinner. <laughs> That's so it's, beautiful. So we beautiful. Move, right, right. We, we just move all the parts to make it work. Yep. So one of the other things you brought up about that when you were learning scripture was that repetition. So how important do you think is repetition in terms of us actually internalizing the faith? Because this is something we use in our homeschooling. You know, why do we repeat? And I can see having a compelling book, your kids are going to go over and over and over those concepts in it. Yeah. The two things that really teach to a child's long-term memory, and that's what we, what we want, is repetition as well as images. And so this book gives that, but not just that, but also the delivery of theology. And the church has always taught typology. And for anybody that doesn't know what that means, it's just the old being you know, fulfilled in the new and the new revealing the old. It's, it's the flower on top of the stem. And this teaches to that. It gives you that repetitive nature. It gives, again, it's something that pulls 
and that's the that's what we utilize. That's the method we utilize through this through this book. Yeah, tell us a little bit about because that is unique about this. And I think this it's not just a graphic novel going through a story. You're actually, as you said, sort of copied that you know horrible book, but it used that typology. So how is that actually being done in the book? Yeah, with here's our new book on the mass, and so we very much start out. Uh, and anytime, because it's on the mass, the Eucharist is going to be central. So there's a little bit of cross-pollination in this book, but whenever there's cross-pollination, we make sure to take it a step further. Mm -hmm. And so the typology that we have in this book, you know, we really kick it off by setting up the mass. And so we set that up, well, where? In the Garden of Eden. And we show how sin comes into the world the same way sin leaves. Sin came into the world. God walks with them. And again, you talk repetition. When I teach RE, I say this over and over every single day. And when kids leave my RE class at the end of the year, they know this. You know, I make sure they know that, you know, I'll go, I will beat a dead horse until, you know, it, it comes back to life and then we beat it again. <laughs> so yeah. yes. we. But well, it is, it is, you know, from the ancient wisdom that repetition is the mother of learning, you know, um, and and it's it is an effective teaching man because and also just people, certain brains need to hear it in different ways. People have strengths, either auditory, visual, kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm already so excited about it because it uses all those so that it can touch your kids in their different strengths. You know, like your kid who learns by actually like I had a daughter who wouldn't learn her alphabet unless she actually was touching like shapes of the letters to make that imprint in her head. Mm -hmm. And here you have the kids could take the Legos and actually act out and build those stories to make the connection between the right. faith. Right, and the, the depth of it. I mean, and just because something's profound doesn't mean it's complicated. So we show how sin comes into the world the same way sin leaves the world. Sin came into the world. God walked with man. We see him in a garden, the Garden of Eden, a man and a woman, Adam and Eve at a tree. They take the fruit from the tree, they eat it, and sin and death enter in. Well, then we show how sin leaves the world the same way. Jesus, who is God, walks with man. We see him in a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Then we see a man and a woman, our Lord and our Lady, at a tree, the cross. But this time, the fruit is put back on the tree, and that's scriptural. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, and we have to eat from the fruit of that tree, which is the Eucharist taken from the tree of life so that sin and death can leave the world. And then to even take that a little further, we show how, look, when they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, an angel was stationed in the east with a fiery sword drawn so they couldn't re-enter. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, what does Christ tell Peter as sin's leaving the world? Sheath your sword. In one garden, a sword is drawn. In the next garden, a sword is sheathed. And in Gethsemane, or in Eden, when they were kicked out, the ground was cursed with thorns. And our blessed Savior, when he left the Garden of Gethsemane, he took our curse and crowned himself with it. And so we show these things. We show how, look, it was on, in the first creation story, it was on Friday when Eve was brought forth from the side of Adam. Adam's bride was brought forth from his side on Friday, and it was on Good Friday when the church, the bride of Christ, was brought forth from the side of, of our Lord. And it was on Saturday in the first creation story when God rested. And why did he rest? He's calling his shots. He's not tired, all powerful. He needed a recharge? No, not even close. 
but he's foreshadowing the reality of how sin is going to leave because he knew that it was going to come in through Adam and Eve. And, and, and uh, so what happens on Holy Saturday? Our Lord is resting in the tomb. And then it is on, it's on Sunday, the new day of creation, when Christ is mistaken as a gardener at the tomb by Mary Magdalene. He is the new Adam and Adam was the gardener. And so we start to unfold this book through that. And then we go into showing how our book shows the mass as the new Exodus. And, and, and I'll backtrack to that. And then we show what goes on, you know, in the mass. And we don't, it's not about a Latin mass or a, a you know, Novus Ordo mass. We are showing the mass the and mass. we yeah. are showing it through a biblical lens. To the, yep, through scripture. Yep. And to set that up, I mean, we go as Catholics every Sunday, here we are at the mass. Yep, there were the, the Jewish people and then Jesus came along and here we are sitting here on Sunday. However, God didn't just tell Moses to say, let my people go. As great as Charlton Heston said it, he said, let my people go so that they may worship me. And then he leads them into the wilderness. He tells them how to build the tent of worship how to deploy the priesthood, how to ordain, what kind of oils to use, what kind of incense to use, uh, how to build the altar, what kind of linens to use, liturgical vestments, what they're supposed to use for liturgical vestments, the candles. And so the Catholic goes, oh, he taught them a liturgy. But then he tells them how to build the tabernacle and God who dwells upon the tabernacle or on the mountain, sorry, God who dwells upon the mountain places himself within the tabernacle and then the tabernacle's always been the meeting place between god and his people well all the catholic has to do is fulfill that and say christ crucified where on a mountain now places himself within our tabernacle and forget meeting place this is now the joining the co-union communion where do words come from that we get to participate in as we enter in and just one more uh thing because i just so these to, are examples and just to you know again emphasize the power of the images of you putting these and again these scenes and the text and the journey for all of that is all in that book clear clearly right. stated. yeah so we're yeah. learning as we're poor and incredible gift what an incredible gift kevin thank you yeah and and even you know to take a look at the manipulatives in that first book that that blasphemous book my children had when it brings the serpent up in the wilderness i remember the kids came up to me and dad why would god make them you know look at a snake and i said oh okay so i was able to explain that to, to my children thanks be to god well in this book guess what it fits inside of the liturgy i mean numbers finishes what exodus started okay mm -hmm. and so in numbers when God led his people into the wilderness, they started getting a little bit edgy. They said, they go up to Moses and say, Hey, Moses, you know, your God said there'd be a promised land. I don't see a prom promised land. Your God lied to us and people are dying. Your God is murdering us. He's a murderer and a liar. And then they were attacked by venomous serpents and fiery venomous serpents. And what did they have to do? They had to make a pull. And they had to put a bronze serpent on it. And they had to look at what they called God. You know, we bring our kids into the room sometimes and we go, look what you did. Yes, we <laughs> did. Look at the mess you made. <laughs> now and now clean it is, up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this is what God did. He said, 
You look at the serpent. The serpent is the liar. The serpent is the murderer. And when you look at what you called me, I'll remind you once again that I'm your deliverer and we'll get on our way. And so at the mass during the procession, as, as the procession heads to the east, because guess what? The, the promised land was east of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And as the procession begins to the east and we follow the priesthood to, this, the, to the mountain and the mountain is supposed to take us to the promised land, we first see during the procession, our Lord lifted up on the crucifix. And Christ said, just as you know, the serpent was lifted in the wilderness, so too the son of man. And when we look at the crucifix, we are supposed to, it, it, you can do both and, but you know, you guess that's what he did for us. But first and foremost, you're the penitent. Look at what I did to him. And so just as they called God the liar and the murderer and had to look at a serpent and see what they called God, we look at the crucifix and say, look at what I did to him. And we begin our penitential journey towards Mm -hmm. the promised land. Wow. Wow. Very powerful. I mean, I, I, to me, I'm thinking about how in the early days, uh, you know, in the medieval days, there were the, what they called the miracle plays, you know, acting out these scenes as teaching vehicles. And, and I can't help but think you like took that to this new generation. It's here, we're acting out these vignettes, these important symbols and teachings and putting it in a chil- children's book. I don't know, but I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I would pour over that and be better for it. I would think. Yeah, Adults. it's not it's, it's not for uh, just children. It's for our family. This is our faith. God didn't tell us, you know, oh, teach the little children this. No, this is typology. Your children can see, look, uh, you could teach your child, Christ was born in Bethlehem. Guess what Bethlehem means? House of bread. And in Aramaic, it means house of flesh. Say that to them 20 times, 30 times in a day. That can be your entire homeschooling day because once that's in that little head, they got it for life and they know it. And it might not be important to them yet, but someday when they realize, oh my goodness, Jesus is the bread of life and the incarnate God, God made flesh and he was born in the house of bread and the house of flesh. I mean, there you go. Make that your day. You're taking us right back home to the whole idea of- Mm -hmm building blocks of faith and the foundation, literally. So what's next for you guys? Is there something next or dare I ask? <laughs> I think we'll be doing this for quite a while. I have, uh, you know, we've been commissioned by Sophia to do the, uh, the New Testament next. And so we're going to do that. Uh, however, the next book really teaching typology that I want to do is going to be, you know, I want to get into the sayings from the cross because once you can teach children, you know, I mean, Psalm 22, all of, you know, there's so much typology that children need to learn because they have doubts in their heads. Why did God say, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Well, he's quoting Psalm 22 and everybody had it memorized at that time. And if you look at Psalm 22, it's again, God calling his shot and it goes through the passion and even into the resurrection of our Lord. Yeah. And so again, it is, I love how you said this, Kevin, too, was just the fact that you're planting seeds, you know, and sometimes you may not see the fruit of those seeds until now they're getting teen years and they're being confronted by, you know, the culture that's telling us, look at that, God's abandoned you. Why is there evil in the world? But you've 
got that foundation and it's going to start to trigger in their minds, in their hearts. Really, and I really think that's what you've done. You and your family have done is really made a heart project for Catholic families. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So where can we, because this, I hope every family gets copies of your books. Um, where can they find copies of both books? Uh, both books you can find at uh, Sophia Institute Press, who I'm sure everybody is very familiar with. Uh, we do have our own website as well that we set up. Uh, and we the name of our website is called uponthisblock.com. Nice. So nice. the Catholic play yeah, on not words. A, yeah, <laughs> play on words, not upon this rock, upon this block.com. <laughs> You could come to our website uh, okay. and we will offer a, a free shipping if you Yay. use promo code homeschool. Great. And Thank uh, you. and Holy Heroes carries it as well. I know a lot of people really homeschoolers love. Yes, they're Holy one of Heroes. our favorites. They homeschool mm-hmm. and yep, yep. Uh, and they've carried our book and really helped uh, to launch the first book. So we're very grateful for everything they've done. So I I never want to leave them out of the conversation either. Yeah, awesome. We did the last podcast I did was with Kerry. So this is just wonderful. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. small Catholic world. That's Thank right. you. Thank you, Kevin. So before we leave, any lasting uh, message you want to encourage these homeschooling families with? I, I think, you know, the two things that God always, uh, that, got, that Christ talked about most in scripture, the first was the coming of the kingdom and the second is anxiety you know, and, and he talks about that for a reason. I think as parents, uh, that anxiety that you feel is just there to show you the responsibility that you have and nobody can do it better than you can. And so that anxiety is not necessarily a horrible thing unless you let it <laughs> take control of you. You see the mission in front of you and you should fear and tremble to an extent because you want their soul to get to heaven. But homeschooling is definitely uh and guess what we're now winning the statistical uh, argument of it when it comes to uh wondering what somebody does for socialization i look at public schoolers and think i wonder what they do for socialization i don't want that <laughs> so exactly. we've won all of the arguments already we've absolutely. demonstrated it <laughs> absolutely well said kevin yes we are primary educators you know for our children in the faith and that's one i always say not stem not all this. You don't have to be. It's first and foremost in the faith. And thank you, Kevin, you, Mary. Blessings on the upcoming birth of your next you. baby. Keep us posted. Um, just for everyone, again, it is Sophia Institute Press. You can get the Building Blocks of Faith series, both books. And um, we will also put uponthisblock.com where there will be a promo code for you to get some free shipping. Um, thank you again, Kevin. We'll get you back when the next book comes out too. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless you, everybody. Please encourage your friends to join the Catholic homeschool community.com. That's our private safe space off the Facebook <laughs> and in our own private community. That's Catholic homeschool community.com. I hope you will join us there. Take care and God bless. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please consider liking it and subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you.
and have a blessed day.